The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involves varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Good morning, Southwest Florida. We're on the air for Sunday, December 5th. In the next half hour, we'll recap the latest in the markets and investing. We'll talk about deeding houses to others. Why and how would you do that? That's our estate planning team is on that job. And if you have an annuity in your portfolio, but you're not sure how they work, our annuity review helps sort things out. And that's on the way. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, joined in the studio by Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Hey, Derek, how's it going? Uh, It's great, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. I have to tell you, this jobs report that came out on Friday morning really baffled the economists. There was a group that went around the table and they asked how many jobs did they think were going to come back in. The number generally was between five and 600,000, but they missed that by a country mile. Right. It came in at 210,000, but the unemployment rate plummeted to 4.2% from 4.6. So, you know, the trend in employment has been positive. The trend is certainly there. And of course, we're seeing lots of small businesses still complain about being able to find folks no matter if it's a restaurant or a manufacturer. So there's no question that that is out there. We are looking for more people to come back into the job world. And we did see, as you said, a 4.2% jobless number, and that's pretty good. In fact, we haven't seen that many in a number of years. That's called the U3 rate. I don't want to get too wonky here, but 594,000 people did come back into the job. Right. I mean, the employment market is is, is clearly positive. I mean, we know the job openings are over 10 million. So there is a huge gap between the number of jobs that are available and the number that are unemployed. And there are any number of reasons for that. But generally speaking, this is what, you know, Chairman Powell is talking about, trying to achieve that level of employment that will cause them to back off the accommodative stance they've had for several years. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, of course, we all have talked about this plenty that the Fed has two jobs. One is employment and the other is price control or inflation. And obviously, all of these conversations are coming back together because the jobs front has really been the focus of the Fed over so many years. And maybe that baton is passing as we see inflation start to heat up. And I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but as people and companies start to get higher wages, there's this thing called a wage price spiral. And the reason why that's important to stock markets is because we have watched that number. When it gets too high, the market usually does not like that. I mean, right. One of the things that, you know, one of the key indicators that we've been monitoring as an investment committee for ages is is what's going on with wage growth, right? I mean, that's, that's the key. That's what Yellen wants. That's what Biden wants. That's what the Fed seems to want, too, is, you know, let's help Main Street as opposed to Wall Street. And, you know, in this week, you know, the Fed chairman spoke about the economy. And, and generally speaking, they are they still remain accommodative, even though the economy is projected to grow somewhere north of 8% in Q4. So the economy is on really strong footing. And this week was just a, a period of extraordinary volatility, you know, as we approach the holidays. And, you know, there are all sorts of things going on. It's not just the economy, but also the uh, COVID confusion, if you will. And, and that's something we, we need to address further in this show. Yeah, there's no question. You know, uh, you talked about 8%. The Atlanta Fed has now raised their estimate. Hold on to your hats, folks. 
9.7%, up from 8%. So there's no question the GDP is headed in the right direction. But, you know, I thought one of the most... I thought one of the most interesting things that we heard all week is the guy who came up with transitory, and we've been pounding the table, as you know, for six months, maybe even longer, about is this inflation transitory, has now said it's time to retire that term. Did you see that? I did. I thought it was very interesting. I mean, you know, different people have different versions of what transitory means. To me, what it meant was, you know, the spikes that we saw in things like used car prices and hotel reservation prices and airline tickets and the rest, that I did feel was transitory. But when you talk about things like wage growth and rent, you know, rental costs, which are starting to trend higher, those are more persistent. And I think it really, it's a semantic question, but bottom line is the Fed sort of missed missed the boat on forecasting where inflation was likely to go. And as a result, they're now talking about potentially accelerating the taper to reduce the accommodative stance because they don't want inflationary expectations to build. Exactly right. So they're talking about accelerating the taper, which means they're going to buy less in a shorter period of time. And that means that they'll probably be able to raise rates if they so desire come maybe March or even April of next year. We're going to have to watch so many variables as you just laid out. What does the GDP look like? What's the unemployment picture look like? And is this new variant is what they say it is. So, so much to continue to watch. We've got a lot of stuff coming up. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a number of issues that are going to be very important. So stick around. We're going to be back. Website is AnnexWealth.com. I want you to click the Get Started button, go through, and you can see what the wealth metric process is all about. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. It may not feel like it, but 2021 is slipping away. You've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan or considered the impact of new taxes, it's time. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Set up a time to talk, review, or revise your plan today. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? This is a team segment deeding a home to somebody. Easy peasy, right? Well, maybe not. Jill Martin's our estate planning attorney at Annex. She heads our estate planning team, and she's joining us to talk about this. Hello, Jill. Hi, Danny. For starters, what's the typical reason someone would deed a property to somebody else? And first off, I should say, is deeding basically you're giving ownership to the other person? Yes. So that's a good point, right? If, if we're transferring real estate from one person to another, that's done through a deed, right? That's recorded with the Register of Deeds office that shows when title passes from one person to another. Who are these amazing people that give things away like this? Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of people do, especially when we're talking about having a second property up north or a vacation home somewhere, right? That's a legacy asset that a lot of times people want to make sure stays in the family. What happens is there's more than just doing the deed to get the house transferred to someone else. So this is not like a DIY project that involves a little bit of paperwork and somebody that knows how to do that. It it does involve paperwork. And if it's something where you're in the real estate industry and you do this a lot, sure, you could do it yourself. Generally, what you need to do is a deed. There's a variety of different types of deeds, though. So you're going to need to know which type of deed you're doing. Then there's also going to be a transfer tax return 
which it's called a real estate transfer tax return in Wisconsin, where you're paying a tax to transfer that property. Some don't have a fee, some do, so you're going to have to be familiar with that process. And then the other complicating factor is, is is there still a mortgage or a home equity line on that property? Because the bank is not going to just let you transfer it to whoever you want if you're still on the hook for a liability attached to that. Okay, my DIY project means changing a, a faucet. I'm not doing something like that. That sounds difficult. So is deeding a property to somebody else, does that mean it's, it, is it viewed as a gift? Is this a transaction? It, it can be. It absolutely can be. Unless you are getting paid for whatever you're giving to another person, it's a gift, right? So if I have a piece of real estate that's worth $100,000 and I'm going to put you on the deed as a co-owner with me, I'm making a gift of $50,000 worth of value to you unless you pay me that $50,000, right? So that's actually a legal gift when we just add people on to title. And so that's where things get really, really complicated that we have to be very cautious about what are we doing and why. This is more of a question for our tax team, but could you just like sell it for a dollar? I've seen that. So unfortunately, that's still a gift because you're selling it at less than fair market value. So again, if I went out on the street and found someone to buy that house for me, right, I'm going to get fair market value for that. So if I sell it to somebody for a dollar, that's an implied gift because I didn't get full market value for so it. So somebody's thought of this before. I'm they just, have, I'm and the IRS has caught people on this. <laughs> yes. So, Jill Martin's our estate planning attorney at Annex. We're talking about deeding property to somebody else. I've got to guess that you've seen cases where it's done improperly and somebody needs to go in and clean it up. Well, it, improperly or maybe without all of the thought process that goes behind what are the ramifications of this gift. A lot of times we see this in a scenario where mom and dad want to protect the house from a long-term care event. So they don't want to have to sell their house to pay for long-term care, right? So what do they do? They transfer the house to their three kids and they still get to live in it. Okay, that might not be a bad idea, but there are tax consequences that come along with that, especially if it gets more and more complicated the more kind of bells and whistles we try and put on that transaction. So just giving the house to your kids so that you're protected, we have to watch for the five-year look-back period for Medicaid. We have to watch, is that gift really included in mom and dad's estate or not? Because if not, they don't. then the kids don't get what we call that step up in basis when mom and dad die. So if the kids turn around and sell that house, there's capital gain implications that come along with it. So just deciding that you're going to deed the property over to your kids comes with a lot of other things that we need to think about. It's not as simple as it sounds. So there's a clean or best way to do this. And I'm guessing that anybody that's considering that, you got to put a team to, to work because it affects a portfolio. It affects tax status, I guess, in certain ways. And you got to have a capable estate attorney. Your usual advice is let's just start at the beginning? Yeah. Usually when people are starting to contemplate planning, whether it's Medicaid protection planning or it's that second vacation home that they want to get to the next generation now, it's important to make sure we're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. So we want to talk to an estate planning attorney and even maybe a real estate attorney to make sure we're doing it in the most tax efficient manner, but also to make sure that we're doing it legally appropriately so that we don't have issues that come up later. And it's not like we're trying to throw a bunch of different attorneys into the room. We're just trying to do it right. Correct. Right. And what happens is, is if you do this by yourself, it can get messy. And then to your point, there's all of a sudden 
unintended ramifications that come down the line for family members way after the fact. Oh, I'm a big fan of hiring a pro. <laughs> That's for sure. Thank you. This is good. Jill Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, talking about deeding property to somebody else. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome, Danny. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. We can review, know the difference minutes, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Just search Annex Wealth Management. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. It's another team segment at Annex Wealth Management. Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you. And good to see you, Danny. We're going to talk about annuities, which can tend to confound and confuse many people, even though they can be useful in properly constructed retirement portfolios. So, Eric, let's start at the beginning. What exactly is an annuity? The original purpose of an annuity has been to provide a guaranteed income for your whole life. Annuities go back as far back as the Roman times. Back then, the more prosperous Romans would often buy what was called an annua. You would hand over a pot of money, and then once a year, you would receive a guaranteed income for as long as you live. But today, things are pretty different. Uh, the concept of an annuity is really adapted to modern uh, needs, and there are now investment vehicles that are incredibly complicated, some of them very expensive, that have guarantees, and things are a little different today, but it's a pretty interesting uh, landscape out there. It sounds good, right? So, Deanne, where do annuities pick up their, shall we say, checkered reputation? Well, here's the deal. They are an insurance product. That means there are commissions generated from them, from the sale of these products. And those commissions can actually be quite hefty. They're very confusing. They're layered. And a lot of times people just don't understand the reason behind having the annuity to begin with. What's that old saying? Annuities aren't bought, they're sold. That's exactly it. It's true that consumers aren't going out there looking for annuities. They're going out there looking for professional financial advice, and they're often presented with annuities. And these can often be very, very complicated vehicles. And that's what we're here to help with. And they don't help their reputation, their own reputation, because they can be really complex. There are variable annuities that can come with a lot of different bells and whistles. For example, if someone buys one annuity in 2010 and then you buy the same exact product in 2011, it might be a completely different product. Uh, they change over time. They have lots of optional features. Oftentimes we see clients who ha have an annuity they bought seven or eight years ago. Uh, maybe they don't have a, a relationship with the person who sold it to them, and the annuity is in set it and forget it mode, and that's where they really need that expert advice. Deanne, we do have plenty of clients. They come to us with annuities in their portfolios, brand new clients. And do you find that our clients understand what it is that they've got? They're familiar with the word annuity. And sometimes it, that can go back to their 403B or the 401K, so their company plan, where when they retire, they can be offered either a lump sum so they can take that money they've been contributing out or the company can annuitize it or offer them an income stream. So they're familiar a little bit with, oh, yeah, I think I have this option in my retirement plan. But they're often frustrated because if they've gone to a traditional brokerage relationship outside of their retirement 
very often they are sold these. And sometimes they're sold them when the market goes crazy. And the, the advisor may hear them being a little concerned about the market. So they say, well, I'll tell you what, this can lock in a potential guarantee income stream for you. I mean, we've had clients that have come to us. This one came to us. The same broker had sold her five different annuities over a handful of years. And the thing is, this was a woman who already was bringing in more income than she spent. So it created a tax problem, actually. This is where she came to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't know why I have these. I don't know if there's anything I could do with them. Do I have to turn them all on? And the thing is, some of them had those, as Eric said, bells and whistles. Those are extra writers. And I think this is also confusing and frustrating to our clients. When you hear the word writer, you should actually think ching ching, because that's actually, you've spent money usually to purchase that writer. Maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's not. And that's where analysis comes into play. And that's really important. But the first question really you have to ask is, wait, why do I need these? And what do they do for me in my plan? Eric, we're looking at you and the financial planning team. So you've started an effort to help people with annuity analysis. What kind of things are you discovering? You can imagine we've seen a lot. So here are a few things that we found. Number one, uh, your annuity might be much more expensive than you realize. Uh, although I'll throw in the caveat that expensive is not always bad. On the surface, it seems like if my investment is expensive, that doesn't seem like a good thing. But oftentimes, a very, very expensive variable annuity, for example, might have really good guarantees that, that you depend on. We may recommend that you keep the annuity for those. But in many cases, folks might not need those guarantees, And in which case we very frequently meet clients who are paying three, three and a half percent or more in annual fees for benefits that they don't even really need. So it's very important that uh, if your annuity is expensive, that you know how it's working and make sure that you actually need that benefit. Another thing we often see are annuities that have very limited investment options, and those investment options are oftentimes super expensive. So you might have a variable annuity that has 15 investment options, and they're going to limit you on how much you can invest in equities, and those investment options, you kind of look under the hood at how much they cost, and you go, wow, you know, this annuity is already pretty expensive, and you add this cost on top of it. When we start looking under the hood at these annuities, you really can find um, some of these details that you got to make sure you understand them. So that annuity analysis, that's good stuff. Eric Strom, financial planning specialist at Annex, part of the financial planning team at Annex, and a great source of annuity knowledge. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you as well. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. It may not feel like it, but 2021 is slipping away. You've seen headlines about inflation and potential tax changes. If you haven't reviewed your investment and retirement plan, or consider the impact of new taxes, it's time. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. Set up a time to talk, review, or revise your plan today. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com, A-N-N-E-X, Wealth.com. Go ahead and click the Get Started button. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, joined in the studio by Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Derek, you know, we've been around for a long time, and we have not seen inflation numbers like this probably since we started in the business in the early 1980s. And, of course, it's getting everyone's attention because it is a decline in purchasing power. And maybe people are buying hamburgers instead of prime rib right now, but there's certainly a, an effect on people's buying habits. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this, just the fuel price increases that we've seen have been very dramatic. And it does affect those at the lower end of the economic spectrum. It reduces, they don't have as much disposable income. So the the pain is real. And we're approaching a midterm election year and inflation has become a big issue. Just watching some of the Senate, te- Senate and House testimony uh, this week on Capitol Hill, it was probably the first question that Yellen and uh, Powell were asked was about inflation and what's going on and what are they going to do about it. Uh, and, and at the same time, you know, as an investor, you're looking at negative real interest rates. And by that, I mean, you know, the 10-year Treasury is trading at 1.44, but inflation is running at about a 5% annualized clip at the moment. So that's a negative real return. So as an investor, that usually is a good reason to buy things like equities because it's a better return that you're getting af- on an after-tax basis than, say, a CD, which is you're basically losing money in terms of real terms. Yeah, I saw that chart in the negative real rate of return rate with the math of, you know, 1% minus uh, inflation. And if you get down to 4.5%, that chart shows that we haven't seen that. In fact, back into 1979, 1980, even when inflation was at double digits, so were interest rates. So we're seeing a negative real rate of return that we haven't seen in probably 60 years. Good point. So what should people take away from that? You hit it. The fact that interest rates remain low is good for risk assets. Risk assets here in Southwest Florida, real estate, and of course, a stock market, equities. And so there's no question that we can continue to look at that. And people are starting to freak out and saying, should I buy gold? Should I get out of the market? You know, there's certainly modifications around the edges, but perhaps if we see a slowdown in 2022, other sectors will do well. But that does not mean abandoning your portfolio or taking a different look of your asset allocation. It means looking in and saying, should I overweight certain sectors? Some sectors do better than others do. Well, we always say that, you know, you don't invest based on headlines and then the economy and the stock market are two different things. So, you know, we do know the economy is very strong. You mentioned the GDP forecast. We met, we talked about the unemployment rate going to a 4.2 level. So all very good news. The stock market, however, is up, you know, the S&P is up over 20% this year. It was up big last year. And a lot of this positive news has been discounted. So when you think about how to allocate, you've got to look at the relative valuation. So in our view, as an investment committee, we still like equities more than we like fixed income. We do believe in credit because we think the, the likelihood of a recession is fairly low. Uh, technology has been a tactical upgrade of ours for almost a decade and continues to be so because technology is in, infusing every industry, not just itself, and it's not just PC-driven. And then, of course, healthcare. We have the demographics. We have you know innovation. We've seen that with the way the companies have been able to address the, the COVID virus and the rapidity with which they've been able to come up with vaccines and therapeutics and the rest. So you just have to be tactical about how you're thinking and look at relative valuations and rebalance because if you own stocks, that stock allocation is way above your target because of the relative performance you've seen. You know, I was uh, going back and looking at what Greenspan said in 1979, 1980, and I reread it. I think I I emailed it to you, Derek. But, you know, one of the things that he says is there will be dramatic changes continually. They're going to continually confront us, and the world shifts beneath our feet. But he recognizes that no matter what human nature and, of course, the laws of economics will continue to be based and not unlikely to change. So that really means that low interest rates are good for risk assets. So go through your portfolio and understand what it is that you own, why you own it, how much you're paying for it. And the reason why that we talk about all that is because the world does shift. 
you mentioned Omicron, and of course, we really don't know what we don't know. I see a lot of uh, organizations are jumping uh, off the buildings and saying, right now, let's look at, you know, should we mask? Should we do this? Should we do that? The science doesn't even tell us anything yet. So I would tell people just to take a breath. Let's see what really happens. Let's see what governments and organizations do and then go through your portfolio. Any final thoughts, Derek? Well, on the Omicron thing, the early indications are that it's not as lethal or as, as virulent as the prior versions of COVID. So I'm, I'm actually looking at it positively. I'm almost thinking this could be a good thing, provided that that's true, that people that aren't vaccinated who have come down, who have, have acquired this uh, illness are not really negatively affected like they were with some of the others. So it could be a good thing. But again, we don't know all the facts. Yeah, that's exactly right. So as we go into next week, there's a lot of good stuff that's happening, more economic news. As I said, the Atlanta Fed now showing 9.6%. Of course, that could be adjusted, but lots of stuff to look at. If you're hearing this and you want help, we can help. There's no question. You can go to our, our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. We'll walk you through our wealth metric process. And that, of course, is something that we do for everyone who comes to our offices here in Southwest Florida. That's it for this week. We sure appreciate you listening. If we can help, don't hesitate to reach out. Your investment and retirement plan is that important. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll see you next Sunday. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.